Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Today we are live on YouTube for episode 107. And we're going to be taking your calls. There has not been a whole lot in the realm of Buccaneer news that has come out lately, but we have got enough to talk about, of course, carried by your phone conversations as the lines are open for the Cannon Fire Hotline, 813-433-0323. If you're new around here, I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday night? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good. Feeling good because we are live. I love doing the live shows because, one, they're hilarious for all the wrong reasons. Because we always have to fix things on the fly because that's how we do around here. But I also love it just because of the interactivity that we have with the people who listen to the show. It really is a cool aspect of what we do. And I'm glad that we're able to make it possible. I'm glad that we're able to open up the phone lines, have people call in, and just talk about whatever the hell they want to. If you want to call in, talk about this quarantine that has kept everybody inside for weeks on end. Right now it looks like it's just month being added after month after month after month. I, I feel like a kid in kindergarten who is getting time taken away from recess because there's like a few kids who don't know how to behave, you know, mm. and they're kind of just ruining it for everybody else. But that's what this There's always that one kid. Yeah. I, I mean, always. there's always that one subsect of humanity that just doesn't give a damn about anybody else. We're not going to spend a ton of time getting into that because, of so, course, so basically – those are all the the um the twenty year olds that are on like spring break right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of my <laughs> kind, basically, who are irresponsible and not doing what they were told to do, and that's just hunkered down and stay inside. So for those of you who have hunkered down and stayed inside, we are live on YouTube, hoping to provide you some entertainment to make that quarantine go by a little bit faster. But we are also a podcast that talks about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's open some things up with people are talking about the Bucks this week. Some draft position trade rumors might we get into of course we've got the new uniforms that are supposed to be dropping in april could be next week could be three weeks from now who knows but let's open it up let's talk about these draft position trade rumors now there's more and more people coming out saying that the vikings are looking at trading up into the draft for a wide receiver as we know they lost the fawn digs to buffalo so they're looking to fill that hole pretty quickly and making a jump to 14 might be the way to do it. Evan, I'm going to ask you, first off, do you believe the hype around the rumor saying that the Vikings are interested in the Buccaneers pick at 14? And if they are, what do you think a deal 
would have to be to make it worth wild on Tampa Bay's end. Because, I mean, you move away from 14, not only do you have a higher chance of missing one of the offensive tackles we really want, but just a group of other players that could be available. So what do you think of all of this? Yeah, well, it, there was a, a thing that came out like early this morning from Chad Forbes, who has been kind of a reporter, I guess. Um, I don't know exactly how reliable he is, but he just basically said that uh, you know, the Vikings could be looking to trade up for a wide receiver, and he mentioned the Bucks as a spot because of where the Buccaneers are at. They're right in front of the Broncos, who are rumored to really like the receiver class, so I think it's likely that uh, the Broncos would probably take a receiver at 15 if, if one's there. So any team that wants a receiver is most likely going to have to get in front of them. And that would leave the Buccaneers there possibly at 14 if, you know, there's a, there's still a chance that all three receivers may be gone by 14. Um, but there there's still a chance that, you know, maybe there's one there, like a, like a Henry Ruggs or a, a C.D. Lamb, and somebody wants to trade up for him. Um, I, I obviously don't know how true the rumor is, but I would think that if the Buccaneers are considering trading down, that would mean that all four of the offensive tackles are gone, and probably a guy like Javon Kidlar is gone. Um, that, that's just my opinion. Uh, but if you're looking to trade down, so the Vikings have picks 22, 25, 58, and 105, I believe, also. Um... You're you're not likely to get 22 and 25. It's just not going to happen. Not without like giving up a little bit more on your end. Uh, so I think maybe like the one I put out there was you know uh, Vikings get 14 and the Buccaneers get uh, 22, 58, and 105. That's probably the most you're going to get, I, I would think. I, I don't really think, without having to give up possibly your second or maybe and like another pick, um, so like 14 and 45 might get you 22 and 25, but I just don't think the Buccaneers will, will actually do that. So, And I'm not sure the Vikings really want to give up both for a strong pick. So, like I said, it, it, right now it's just a rumor, um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, and I mean, if the Buccaneers were to trade back and – you know, kind of get a little bit later into the first round. There's a lot of options that would still be available. Right now, we got a call coming in from the 813. CFP, what's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Eric from Tampa. Eric what, from Tampa. What's going on, my man? Man, I have some possibility what the Bucks could do this still offseason. We could make a trade for Trent Williams through the Redskins. I'll offer them a second-round pick. Like that. That's that mouse. Or we should go get Jason Peters out of free agency. Because we still got Captain left. Because we signed feedback. I think we should get a better offensive lineman. What do you think? You brought up Jason Peters. You brought up Jason Peters. And I'm going to toss this to Evan really quickly. Jason Peters is a name, of course, who can play offensive tackle. He's kind of come out and said he has interest in playing that position. That's obviously where the Bucks need help the most. But I, I don't know if we have the cap available for it for at least a guy like Jason Peters. But, Evan, is there anybody else in free agency who you think we could get with the cap we have left? And, I mean, what is your opinion on Peters and the situation we're in now? How about a Tony Brown? What's the latest on Tony Brown situation? What's the latest on Tony Brown? 
Uh, Antonio Brown's not not going to happen. Um, but uh, as far as Jason Peters goes, I mean, I like Peters. I, I like the fit. I like the idea. Um, but what's I just don't. What's going to be cheaper? Do you think Williams will be second round pick worth it to you? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's a good player, but I just don't think they they will be able to fit the cap. I mean, I would love to have him. Like, I think he's when when he's you know actually playing, he's probably one of the better left tackles in the NFL. But I I would a second round pick is probably fair value, but I just don't think like money wise, I don't think they'll be able to make it work. Yeah, I think Jason, I think Jason Peter will take a discount because playing for a Super Bowl team right now. I heard the Bucks are number ten in NFL power ranking on ESPN. I don't know if you know about that, but we are number ten in the power ranking. Yeah, I, I, I actually did see that. Yeah, that's that's something. That's yeah. like the first time they've been ten in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen them higher than mm-hmm. like seventeen in quite a long time. But look at the I'm happy with my feedback. Eight million dollars. I thought it was worth it. But I'm upset we'll let Clint Alfred go. I was upset. Um, what do you think? Do you think, do you think Tom Brady will wear number 12? Or do you think he will wear a main number as a box? I said in the, for an organization. What do you think? Uh, honestly, I, I mean, we have yet to get a solid answer on, on the number that Brady's going to be wearing. I'd like to believe that he hangs on to 12. The more that time goes by the more it seems like that's where things are headed. I, I feel like we would have heard something sooner, and maybe we'll get that announcement with the new uniform announcement, which hopefully comes out sometime next week, but knowing our luck, it probably won't. But I, I think he hangs on to 12, and I think Evan's in agreement, uh, in agreement with me where he he's also team TB12, right? Yeah, I, I think he hangs on to 12, yep. Which does, does, what's really most likely? I heard Jason Peter would take a discount play for the Bucks. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think it's the sell job where, mostly where, of Brady and the Bay. Where is Super Bowl winning? Where, where is Super Bowl window? Super Bowl window is closing soon. We get to host the Super Bowl in the outhouse this year. This would be amazing. It's definitely a big sell. I mean, for a lot of people, it really just comes down to how much they believe in Tom Brady under center and if they truly believe that this is the Super Bowl window for the Bucks. because, you know, it's great for everybody to say that this is our Super Bowl window, but this is also a team who hasn't made the playoffs in over 13 years. So I would like to say that our Super Bowl window is open, but we just have to wait and see what happens this season. But I definitely think it's a good sales pitch for a lot of people who are interested in coming to Tampa. You got a team that can potentially go to the Super Bowl, play in your own house. It writes itself. I remember I heard this offseason. Where's all these players? Everyone want to play for the Bucks. Where's all these players at? All the players, all the players at the ones we resign. But where's the players want to play for the Bucks? Well, well, that might just. That might just be that the Bucks don't want them, or you know the Bucks can't make the money work. One of the rumored ones was cornerback uh, Logan Ryan from the Tennessee Titans, but he wants over ten million dollars a year, and they just can't make that work. So I mean, it, it's a two-way street there. I, I think it's also a matter of just the coronavirus going on right now. We've brought up before the difficulty in getting a team to get a physical together for a guy they might be interested in. So I'm sure there's a lot of factors to it as to why we're not hearing about more players flocking to Tampa, but I'm sure there's reasons for it, and I'm sure there's just as many guys who still want to come here and play with Brady. So at this point, we just have to hurry up and wait. Do you think we need to 
think we draft a quarterback this year, or do we wait next year, next offseason? What do you guys think? I think we draft one this year, but probably in the later rounds. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I think it's either going to be in the fourth or fifth round. Um, if they if they don't if they don't address it this year, I would expect them to draft yeah. a quarterback fairly like early one next quarterback, year. Quarterback, we should get you know, the one quarterback fairly close friend, Jalen Hurts. You think he'll be here? Jalen Hurts, baby. You think he'll be there? Yeah. Are you guys on board for him? Would you be on board for Jalen Hurts? I'm I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts. Me too. I love him. I don't mind. I'm almost anybody likes him, but I like him. He's like <laughs> yeah, man. He's he's like another Lamar Jackson with his speed, his athleticism, but his mechanics. Or do you think? Would you? What What do you do? I think the Bucks go eleven and five or twelve and four this year. What do you guys think? Uh, if I think? if I had to throw out a win prediction right off of the bat, we normally do our season prediction show in like July, so we've got a few more months to kind of sit. The schedule gets released, we can think about it game for game. But if I had to toss something out right now, I think the Bucks have the most realistic chance of going ten and six. And I know it sounds disappointing, but I, I mean I can just see a season playing out ten and six. Maybe eleven and five on a best case scenario. As a wild card, winning, winning that division. Um, probably a wild card. I don't know. I don't know if ten and six is going to win you the NFC South this year. Maybe eleven and five will if it comes down to game by game with the Saints. But we just have to see how they're doing too. I think the NFC South is pretty weak this year. I'm going to be cakewalk. I don't know about cakewalk, but it'll definitely be very competitive. I mean, we're getting Brady and Breeze twice a year, so we'll definitely have some fun games to look at under the light. We've got some other calls we got to get to, Eric. I really appreciate you calling in, buddy. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good one, man. Go Bucks. All righty, Eric from Tampa giving us our first call of the evening. Call into the Cannon Fire hotline, 813-433-0323. A lot of good questions from Eric, and I mean, a lot of rapid-fire questions. He was he was locked and loaded, man. <laughs> yeah. We covered yeah. a lot of ground with him. Now, really quick, before we get to our next call, I wanted to address something right off of the bat because somebody in the live chat brought it up, and I think it needs to go, not go unsaid. But they brought up Antonio Brown, the possibility of him coming to Tampa Bay, and I'm sure most people have heard it. Bruce Arians was on ESPN, I believe, and he pretty much shut it down. He, he he just said, you know, I know Antonio Brown. I know his state of mind right now, and it's not going to be a good fit for the locker room. So we're not going to talk about any Antonio Brown to Tampa. It's just it's simply not going to happen. Yep. Yeah, it's, that, 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 that's not happening. Yeah. So make sure you give us a call, 813-433-0323. Phone lines are still open looking for that next call of the evening. Here we go. Call coming out of the 208. CFP, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, hey, this is Tate from Idaho Falls, Idaho. Hey, Tate, what's going on, my man? Uh, not much. I was just wondering, who do you guys have your eye on for um, a deep threat and maybe some of the later rounds now that Jason Light has come out and said they probably won't be signing a receiver? Okay, yeah, I like that. 
Um, Evan, I'll toss it to you, man. Tate is asking us, what are some guys you think the Bucks are going to target in the later rounds of the draft if they're looking for a wide receiver, especially off of the news that Jason Light says the Bucks aren't going to be picking up a wide receiver three through free agency? What do you think? Yeah, well, um, I mean, it's, it is a, a good year to elect to do that because, I mean, this wide receiver draft class is loaded. Um, it, 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 you know, you can find quality guys in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, and I believe that's where they'll target one probably um, at, at the earliest, I'd probably say third round. And if I had to give you a name for like the third round, maybe uh, Brandon Ayuk from uh, Arizona State, I believe. Yeah, Arizona State. Um, he, he's a real possibility. But uh, in a, a later round guy that, that I actually like a, a good bit is Tyler Johnson. Um who is, I believe, from uh, uh, Minnesota? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Tyler Johnson, uh, and I think he could go maybe with that comp pick that they have around 139. I I wouldn't mind picking him there, so I would keep an eye on him. Uh, Antonio Gibson, who's listed as a running back, but is also basically a hybrid wide receiver, could also be a possibility. Uh, in you know, in the fourth round. Uh, K.J. Hill from Ohio State is a possibility in the third or fourth round. So, I mean, there's there's a ton of talent. J James Proshi uh, from SMU, I believe, is is a possibility. That's in, you know, fifth or sixth round. Uh, good year to, to need, you know, a wide receiver. And that's most likely why the wide receiver market and free agency hasn't really been huge because a lot of teams know how deep this class is and they know that they can get a guy uh, in the fourth or fifth round for much cheaper. Uh, yeah, I, I like Tyler Johnson too. He's pretty, he's pretty good. So, Evan, let me add this on to what you had said and ask about this scenario because we do have a lot of wide receivers on the team already. Scotty Miller, a guy that they drafted last year, he's coming into year two. He's looking for that wide receiver three spot. He's already stated that he wants to plug and play right there in that position. Would you trust him a little bit more to plug and play at the beginning of the season as you would a guy that you can pick up in the later rounds of the draft. Like, how do you how do you weigh out Scotty Miller in particular in this situation? Because I, I think he's someone who can do really good under Brady and, of course, just the way that this offense is changing. But what do you think about Scotty Miller? Yeah, well, I um, I, I, I like Miller, uh, but I don't think you can trust him as anything more than a wide receiver four right now. Um, you know, like I said, the, the guy you're getting in the fourth or fifth round Obviously, I don't think he's going to come in and be a star wide receiver for you, but the guy you're getting in the fourth round could possibly go in an, in any other year of draft, could possibly go in the late third round, mid-third round. So there's a lot of talent, and if they choose to select one, even in the third round, like a Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk would come in and would be the third wide receiver and would be a darn good one. So I, I think it really all depends on who exactly they bring in. If they bring in a guy that's more of a project, then, yeah, you could probably see Scotty Miller get a little bit more s snaps. But if they bring in a, a Brandon Ayuk or, or a K.J. Hill, I think they pretty much solidify the, the wide receiver three role. All right, Tate, we appreciate you calling in, my man. And uh, we're going to get to some right. other phone calls. But thanks for talking to us, and go Bucks. You too. Uh, bye.
Alrighty, our good buddy Tate calling in. Just a reminder, 813-433-0323 is the number to call for the Cannon Fire Hotline. What do you guys think of the name? Me and Evan kind of talked about it, and uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a little catchy, right? CF Hotline? I'm, I'm a fan. I am a fan, yes. Hell yeah. I love it. That'll be the name of our live post-game show once the season comes around. The Cannon Fire Hotline. Live on the spot, you can give us a call, 813-433-0323. We got another caller coming in from the 253. Cannon Fire Podcast, what's your name? Where are you calling in from? Hey, man, it's Tommy. What's up? What's up, Tommy? How you doing, brother? I'm living the dream. Hell yeah. So what do you want to talk about? Say that again? I said, what do you want to talk about? Uh... Nothing. I was just, you know, I've been doing all these mock drafts and just, you know, part of the channel, you know, just doing my thing. Uh, who's your, well, one thing, who's your sleeper pick? Like third, fourth, fifth round, who's your sleeper pick? Mm. I think an easy one for me would be a guy like, I don't know, James Morgan out of FIU. I know everybody talks about him as a quarterback to be picked up in the fourth, fifth, sixth round if he's available, but I think he's a guy that could legitimately do well in the NFL, and I've got a lot of faith in him, so if I had to pinpoint somebody in particular, it'd probably be him at the quarterback position. Uh, Evan, what do you think, man? Do you have any sleeper picks in the draft this year? Uh, you know, I, I every year I, I do like a lot of people. Um, it, not really a sleeper, really. Just a guy I feel like can be talked about a little bit more is Damian Lewis uh, from LSU. He's, a, I believe, he's a guard. He can play, you know. Any guard spot, I, he probably even play a little bit of center, and I just don't think he's being talked about enough right now. A lot of people have him mid to late third round, maybe even early fourth round, and I think you know he could potentially rise. So if I had to choose like a sleeper guy, um, that would probably be him. And I know that the Bucks do have some level of interest in him, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, one. Uh... I have a couple. One, I don't think is really too much of a sleeper, but, Ray, you'll like this. Uh, Van Jefferson uh, from Florida. Okay. Always like the game, um, boys. Yeah. Unless they know, play corner, um, you know. Huh. I, I, I'm not – There, I saw a mock draft where I think it was his name, C.J. Henderson, the corner. Yeah. Uh, I, he had a mock – they had a mock to us. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> Vernon Hargraves is enough. <laughs> but uh, uh, Van Jefferson, because he can, I think he could be uh, definitely get a role with maybe in special teams. With uh, I know that's kind of sucks drafting a guy in probably like the third because he's probably not going to fall farther than that, maybe the fourth. But I think he could definitely uh, contribute to uh, special teams, like as a returner. And then another guy, Joe, I believe his name is Bocci from Michigan State. Mm. Uh, he's an inside linebacker. I think he would definitely help out in the uh, the interior of our line because I mean we run a three, four middle linebacker. There's at least two of them on the field most of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And they definitely need depth there. So, um, you know, that'd be, that'd be an interesting pick. And, uh, I do like Van Jefferson. He was another guy that I probably should have mentioned as a potential, you know, wide receiver fit for the bucks. Um, I mean, I, I like him, but I do agree with you that, you know, if you, if you want the guy, you're probably going to have to pick him with your third round pick because he's not likely to be there in the fourth round, but Hey, you never know. So, I want to pose this question. I was just checking out the live chat, and I'll throw it to both of you guys. Tommy, you can take this one first. Uh, but our buddy Eric in the chat on YouTube is asking, who do you think is going to get more action this year, O.J. Howard 
or Cameron Brait. I know we're kind of shifting from the wide receiver position and some of the draft prospects, but let's talk about the tight ends that are already on the team, and this is a heated debate. So who do you guys think is going to flourish a little bit more this year, Cam Brait or O.J. Howard? What do you think, Tommy? Uh, I think it's going to determine on if Ho- uh, Ho- if O.J. Howard is uh, is an athlete or a football player because he's a freak athlete. But my money, if I had to put money on it, would be Cameron Bray because I just think he's going to build up that connection faster. I, I don't know why. I just because he seems to uh, get a or you know build up a chemistry with quarterbacks. Um, he's an undrafted guy out of Harvard, you know, and he's he for what three or four or three years he had, he you know was the most consistent tight end uh, catching six touchdown passes a year for I think it was like three, his first three years or something like that, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think you make good points about is O.J. Howard the football player or is he the athlete, you know, and that's what I think you're going to be able to find out this year. Um, O.J. had, you know, a pretty solid rookie season and followed that up with a with a decent, you know, with a decent second season. And this past season with Arians, just, it didn't, didn't work out, um, you know. For whatever reason, there was some, you know, concerns with, concentration from him not really fit in the offense but the, you know the good news is that i mean tom brady uses his tight ends as much as anyone and and there was a reason that you know when everybody was mocking oj howard trades they were mocking them to the patriots because you know everybody knew that you know tom brady and the patriots like to use the tight ends now does bruce arians i answer that in year one is no but the other answer is that, you know, you saw Cameron Bray plenty of times have a few nice games in there. So I think it really comes down to the potential of O.J. Howard, and I'm going to bank on that potential. So I'm, I'm going to say Howard. Um, I think Bray will be an important piece, but I think if you're talking a bigger impact, I think O.J. Howard will probably have the bigger impact. But, I mean, you do bring up good points. I mean, Cameron Bray and James Winston's chemistry was second to, second to none, and... Um, you know, hopefully O.J. Howard can develop some type of chemistry there with Tom Brady. And Evan, with O.J. Howard, the way that you broke him down, you kind of flashed that word potential. And I don't want to say it's a scary word in the realm of football, but if we look at O.J. Howard the past few years, I would say the word potential has been attached to him more than almost anything else. From his first two seasons, we saw that, you know, he came out, looked good, saw some glimpses of the athlete that we knew he could be. This last season with Arians, it just it, it just was not a good year for him. His confidence was low most of the year. He was used as a blocker for the first half of the season. He never really got anything going until towards the end of the season, right around the Jacksonville game and the Indianapolis game. But I just have to say this. If OJ can't make it work with Tom Brady, then maybe he's just bad. Like, well, I, yeah, I mean, sure, I, but I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I have friends that tell me, my one friend in particular, his we call him Pugs because his last name is Puglisi. He is a diehard New York Jets fan. And a year and a half, two years ago, he was telling me that O.J. Howard is overrated. He is not good. He's just flashed a little bit of freak athleticism here and there, but he is not a good all-around tight end. And I'm not going to say that I full-on agree with him, but after last season, he's looking more and more correct. So there is a lot of pressure on OJ this season to perform, and I hope he does yeah, it well. Yeah, but, because... I mean, 
So, so you're saying that his 2019 was so bad that it wiped out his 2017 and 2018? No, but the common theme between 2017 and 2018 was potential. I mean, this is a guy who got injured those first two seasons, right? So sure. we talked about give him a full season, he'll be healthy, give him an offense where he can flourish. And in Dirt Cutter, he was in the style of offense where he could do great things with the athletic ability that he has. But we saw his use go down a little bit. He was used in different ways under Arians. And, mm -hmm. I mean, productivity-wise, he just went way down. He wasn't the tight end that Bruce was uh, hoping he, the, he would be. He had the same amount of catches this year they did last year. Um, but, um, you know, the the issue, I think, was last year he had five touchdowns. This year he had one touchdown. So um, that, that that's the biggest thing. So, um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Do you, you do you think the issue? I I've heard this a lot, especially well, obviously what I'm going to say is from people from Alabama, uh, players from Bama. Do they peak too early? Like, do they peak in college and they they come to the league too banged up? I mean, I hear that a lot. Yeah, there's there, like a lot of people say, well, uh, you know, Alabama is such a good college school, but how many star quarterbacks do you see in the NFL that went to Alabama? You know, but. On the other hand, how many star quarterbacks do you see, you know, starting right now from Florida State or from Clemson or LSU, uh, all these big schools? To me, it all depends on the player. It it just so happens that a lot of times those players go to Alabama. Um, maybe it's a maybe it's a recruiting thing with them. Maybe it's a coaching thing with them. But it I, I think it depends. Every player has a different situation, and I think you know there's some talented players in the league right now that are from Alabama. I mean, C.J. Oh, Mosley, yeah, um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. There's there's a ton of talent. It's just you know a lot of people look at well they always have all these first round picks and or in a national championship picture almost every year. And, you know, why aren't these players coming into the NFL and producing? And it's something that, trust me, I've even wondered for a long time. And I, you, there's no real answer to it. It's just, you know, teams draft bad football players. Look, look at, you know, the Bucks drafting Mark Barron at seventh overall in 2012. He was a, he was a Bama player. He just wasn't good. That, that was the issue. So, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just, I think it's a, a very... Very weird coincidence. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's just uh, I know I was really kind of starting to lead into that until, um, especially this past season with uh, Derrick Henry, because he basically carried the Titans. So yeah, and I yeah, thought he exactly. Was, he, I thought he was going to fall into that same category where he just peaked too early. You know, won a Heisman at Bama and then came in the league um, too beat up. But uh, as far as right now, it's not the case with him. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it just it all to me. When I'm looking at a player and scouting the player, I always like to scout the player, not the helmet. You know, um, because yeah. if I, I mean, then you should, in that case, you should never draft Clemson, Clemson defensive linemen because they never produce. Well, that's not really the case. It's just <laughs> it, all, it all depends on the player, right? When, as the Buccaneers would know, with um, I believe Gaines Adams and Dequan Bauer. So now I heard this yeah. being talked about on another podcast recently. I wanted to pitch it because it seems relevant to what we just brought up with you know. Alabama prospects coming into the league and not really panning out the way that they should. Do you guys buy into that whole, if you're looking for a certain position, um, your skill level can vary depending on what part of the country they're from. Like a lot of people prefer their offensive linemen from up north, from up in, you know, corn husker country where them boys are eating good every weekend and twice on yeah. Sundays. 
You know, do you buy into that? Oh, a little bit with offensive linemen, like. But I mean, with <laughs> other know, positions too. Kind of a kind of a blanket statement. Like with any position in particular, do you believe that there is a demographic advantage to be had with a certain player on the field? Oh, well, I don't know. A, a lot of quarterbacks come from Florida and like California. So I mean, I mean, but those are two of the two of the biggest states in the United States. So, yeah. like, I, you know, I, a lot of that's just coincidence of them being the biggest state so they're gonna have the most players pop out so um really the only thing i can think of is like offensive linemen because i mean you are right like the wisconsin's the iowa's the you know all those all those big you know, big 10 schools you know that are that are you know pushing them out those a lot of those people yeah they're, they're gonna be good at offensive linemen but um <laughs> you know it, it's, it's weird the, the way that works all right you know i don't sorry go ahead all right go ahead sorry I was just gonna say I don't I don't really put too much into that. Um, I kind of go with Evan on the the lineman, uh, but I don't play basketball with people from New York because everybody's good from New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to stay away from people from New York nowadays for a lot different reasons, and of course that's yeah, the whole true reason that. we're locked up in our house right now, man. <laughs> Ah, oh, dude. Tommy, one more question I got to ask you before we let you go and get some other calls. Evan just started it tonight. He was telling me he watched the first episode. Have you been watching Tiger King? Oh, bro. <laughs> do you think Carol dude, I've been, I've, do, do you think oh, God, Carol yeah. killed her husband? She fed him to the tigers? Oh, dude, no doubt, dude. Like, why would... Oh, I just... I can't with that, man. Like, I, I have... I have 99.999 repeating in my head that she did it. it. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, folks, I don't know if you've seen this on social media, but I saw it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter today. The cold case yeah. looking for Carol Baskin's late husband is open again. They are taking tips from people. They have got the hotline open, and they are having people call in who feel like they know any more information regarding the disappearance of Carol Baskin's second husband, Don Lewis. And I think it is goddamn hilarious. This is the best thing to come he out of everything going on right now. And I live 25 minutes away from the big cat rescue in Tampa. <laughs> I mean, this this is just this is so great. It's really putting us on the map, man. Uh, like he had that will done, and then she redid uh, don't, don't, it. And... Don't, don't spoil it, just because. Oh my Evan... bad, my bad, my bad. No, my no, bad. no, no. I mean, my you're bad. good. Evan will know it once he gets to it. But he's only watched one episode. I don't want to spoil it, but I just wanted to get your opinion because that is yeah. Well, it, it's all good. I've I've already basically heard that you know everybody I talk to thinks that she she fed him to the tigers. So I I think she did too. <laughs> I, I, I either that or well I, I won't even I don't the other thing right you know what I'm talking about the other uh, place they want to put him yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but uh, get somebody down I, there bro yeah I, I'm on episode I think four my wife and I are gonna watch it tonight um, but we've been watching it the past few nights dude it's that shit's crazy oh my god <laughs> pardon my is, language it is it is so good another thing that came out was. Joe Exotic doesn't actually sing his country songs. There's a guy who it was like the Millie Vanilli Chronicles all over again. Yeah, Joe Exotic paid some guy to sing his songs for him, and now they're looking for compensation ever since the documentary. Uh, hit you know, I, I can't I can't lie though. When when I when I heard his country songs, I like I couldn't match the voice with the face. <laughs> so he, he might be right there. 
Oh, it, it does not surprise me whatsoever that Joe Exotic didn't sing his songs. But I, I'll tell you what, it's damn entertaining. And folks, if you haven't watched it, just make sure you do. Tiger King on Netflix. It's all people are talking about these days. It'll make this quarantine go by a little bit more enjoyable. Tommy, thank you for calling in, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, catch you next time, brother. Go Bucks. Absolutely. Go Bucks. Yeah. So phone lines are still open, 813-433-0323. Let's talk Buccaneers. Let's talk Netflix specials. I mean, what have I was you been saying, watching? Let's, let's talk Tiger King. Yeah, Office, what have you been watching on Netflix lately? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, I just started that. Um, I've actually I've restarted a, f- a few series. Um, I ha- have not restarted The Office. I'm a huge Office fan, but I haven't restarted it. Um, I've been put down hold. I've I restarted watching um, Arrested Development for the, the second time. Um, it's been probably a year or two since I watched it, and I forgot how funny it was. So <laughs> that that's always good. Um, you, know, you know, a, a movie... You're, you're, you might not believe me when I'm telling you this, but... A movie, I did, it's not Netflix, but a movie that I watched for the first time yesterday, I, you know, I, I liked it, but I, I, a lot of people aren't going to believe that I watched it for the first time. I watched Top Gun yesterday, uh, the other day for the first time. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, I, I, I didn't love it, but I also, I thought it was really good. Well, the new um, one coming out looks pretty good. You saw the trailer yeah. for that? Yeah, well that that's part of the reason I really wanted to see this one. I was like, because I knew that like that looked good, and I was like, okay, but like I I want to be able to know a little bit. So, watch the first one, and it turns out that we're gonna have to basically not even go to the movie theater to watch it because <laughs> everything's watched... available. Whatever. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Watched, I was looking uh... forward to. I was looking forward to going to the theaters to see that uh, movie with the animated movie, the Onward, about the, the Disney oh, one. Oh yeah, the Pixar that. movie that came out. Yeah, now they're putting on Disney Plus. I mean, it's it's all right, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think it's a good move from a business standpoint for a lot of these movie companies that put their movies out, still charge people for, you know, an idea that I have heard before is like if you have a movie that's coming into theaters, put it on a streaming service or charge people a one-time view fee of, I don't know, $10. The movie price ticket, basically, yeah. Yeah, that way you can make your money back on movie tickets. You can still at least try and break even on whatever went into the movie, and you don't have to forego your big weekend summer release or postpone uh, it I mean, or whatever. The unfortunately, the places that are getting screwed are the, just the movie theaters themselves. Like, yeah, I mean, that's right. just the unfortunate part. But oh, yeah. what, have, what, have, uh, what have you been watching on Netflix? I watched just recently uh, Tom Segura, who is my favorite stand-up okay. comedian, has a new special out called Ball Hog. And uh, it's definitely raunchy, not safe for work. I mean, who the hell is at work right now anyways other than the essential people? But um, Shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to those people doing their thing day in and day out, making sure the rest of life is able to go on for all of us. But I I watched Tom Segura's new stand-up special called Ball Hog, and oh my god, I have not laughed that hard in a very long time. Like, Tom Segura is my favorite you know, he's been my favorite stand-up comedian for a few years, but this one just cemented it for me. Like, it is, oh my god, it is so goddamn funny. Guys, make sure you go check that out. And by the way, this isn't a Netflix recommendations podcast. This is a Buccaneers football podcast, so let's <laughs> act like it, right? 813-433-0323. Phone lines are open. Give us a call. Let's talk about the Bucks. Another topic that I had written down regarding our pewter pirates this week is the new uniforms. We've brought Mm -hmm. them up. We've talked about them to no end. 
And I think we've said everything we needed to say, but the month is finally upon us. There is a little under 28 hours left in March. Yeah, it's it's snuck up on everybody, I think. It really did. I mean, the way that things have been happening, we kind of forget what day it is. But, folks, April is here. And right now, the only good thing shaping up to come out of this April in 2020 is the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms. I posted... What about the draft? Well, of course, the draft. Yeah, that's still, <laughs> that's still scheduled to go on as uh, as planned. But I, I Well, can I get your opinion on something? Do you want them to do the, the one round per night thing? I think it would do good for the NFL and for teams, not only from a business perspective, because they would have consistent viewers every night. I think TV ratings mm. would be really good for the NFL. Are you, are you going to have many ratings? Like, you're not going to get the casual fans for after round two, probably. Yeah. Like, ca- I mean, casual fans, you're probably not going to see after round two. Probably not, but I also think about it from a content perspective. Like, it would be so much easier for us to just go live during round one, round two, and round three, you know, while it's happening. That way we can break down the pick and then just take phone calls and talk about it. It'd be a a three-night event, basically, or however many rounds they decide to show on TV. So I think about it in that aspect, but I think it would be a good business move, and I think it would be good in the sense that I believe it was Adam Schefter who brought it up the most. It would give these time. Uh, it would give these teams a little bit more time to scout these players. Like a lot of people feel like teams are going in blind with certain prospects because they just don't have the resources available due to the COVID nineteen going around to conduct player interviews to get mental evaluations on some of these guys. So like that's the angle too. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but at the end of the day, I don't really care. But that's only because I'm not the one making those decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if I had a choice, I would just stick with the format. Round one, Thursday night. Round two and three, Friday night. Which, round two and three, I will always believe is better than round one. Oh, just yeah. the, the, the picks are faster. Um, it's just more enjoyable to me. There, there's more trades. There's always the the fact of, you know, every year there's a guy that's supposed to go in round one that doesn't. And, you know, if he doesn't go in, like, the first three picks in round two, they're like, why? So, I mean, there's always that possibility. So, I mean, I just, I think round two, the night two is superior to night one, basically. But We got a call coming in from the 628. <clears throat> Actually, I just lost him. I went to go click accept and uh, he went away. My bad. Oh, well. Live call TV? us back, 813-433-0323. We'll answer your call this time. My pinky promise. <laughs> you sure? I, I, I just I always feel bad because sometimes you'll be in the middle of saying something and we get a call. Oh, it's good. In. Hey, it, interrupt me. Interrupt me. It don't matter. <laughs> I don't care. No, but I'm with you. I think the storyline of watching a guy fall, depending on who it's going to be, because it seems like every year there is one or two guys who fall into the later rounds you didn't expect to be there. If 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 you think about it, it's rather cruel. I mean, we're it we're is. watching. Yeah, we're, we're we're watching. We're we're like, oh, this is such a good TV, but this kid's dream is being ruined pick by pick, and he's losing more money pick by pick. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is pretty terrible from the outside looking in, but from our perspective. It's definitely interesting because there's a certain reason this guy is falling the way that he is, and the team who ends yeah. up picking him up is just ultimately going to be taking a chance on him. But, you know, that's how it is in the NFL. Well, let, let's talk. Can I talk, um, before we really get into the current uniforms, can I talk about what can happen possibly in the future? Yeah, go ahead, man. So, 
the apparently the helmet rule in in twenty twenty one could be changing. Oh yeah, and that would mean that teams can wear two different style helmets. And you know, normally you wouldn't really think that's a big deal. Okay, whatever. But to the Buccaneers, this really is because this could allow the Buccaneers to now go back and be able to do a creamsicle throwback game. The original issue and the last time, if you guys want to watch the the last uh, creamsicle game, I will warn you, it is a loss. Um, but it's to the New Orleans Saints. It's in 2012, and you can watch it because Game Pass is free. We're going to keep plugging that. I guess the NFL is paying us for that now. Yeah, um, right. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they can now possibly, if the rule is expected, it's expected to change. So next year, they can possibly wear their throwback uniforms for one game. And that's for all teams. So the Patriots, like they can wear their red uniforms with the white helmets and stuff like that. So, and Bruce Arians even said, you know, they, it may come back, which, I mean, is huge news for a lot of people who were really upset when the NFL first put in that rule that, you know, hey, you can't have more than one helmet. And a lot of people were like, well, why can't you just paint the helmets? Right. I mean, you really want your equipment managers painting 53 helmets and putting decals on them, and then the very next day have to Painting repaint them? them. Have to re- yeah, have to repaint them and then put the same decals? Like, that's just not fair. So it was just too much work, honestly, too much of a hassle. And that's why there's never been a throwback game in Tampa Bay. Um I'm I'm surprised there wasn't like a throwback like a pewter like Super Bowl era game, um, but I mean it is kind of a different color helmet sort of. So yeah, um, I mean they could have gotten away with it, but I'm sure with the Bucks yeah. perspective, you would have had to you would have had to um, paint the face mask. That's the only thing. Yeah, I mean I I, I still think you could get away with it with a with a chrome <laughs> face mask. I know it wasn't part of the uniform, but. I think it's a similar enough helmet where you could get away with it aside from the oversized logo. But I think from the Bucks' perspective, it was like, well, that was our last uniform. You know, it wasn't like a retro uniform in a sense. It was our it was our previous iteration. We get a call from the 628. Can of Fire Podcast, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, uh, this is uh, Dexter. I'm from California. Um, what's up, Brad? What's up, Evan? What's going on, man? Thanks for calling in from California. We appreciate you guys out there. We have a huge listener base in California for some reason, but we really do appreciate no, you guys. I, I just came here from Florida to visit my uh, grandparents. Um, and, you know, with all that virus going on, I just decided to stay in California. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Yeah, man. Um, I just, I just want to talk about um, the draft, man. This is the most important thing that we need to build something great off the draft. That's what I want. Like, um, for round one, um, I really want an offensive line. Um, what do you think of uh, of the Bucks' defensive line right now? Like, I it's it's uh, really. I, I don't ahead, mind. I don't mind the defensive line. I think it's good where it's at right now. I definitely wouldn't be opposed to let's say they pick up a Javon Kinlaw if he's available at fourteen, and that's the route they want to go. Uh, but right now, I don't have any complaints with the defensive line as it sits. Because you know, on I'm, I'm I'm gonna go nuts if they draft a running back first round. First round. Same here, man. I, I don't like it. Like, like some mock they got DeAndre Swift on 14, and I said, oh no, it, it, I, I I don't like it. It's a reach. Like, don't get me wrong, DeAndre Swift, great running back from Georgia, 
I love him, but if you pick him at 14, that's a reach. So I, I actually want, like, any best offensive line available. And, and um, you know, Andrew Thomas, probably um, the one, but it, a guy named Becton, is that, is that his name? Mackay Becton? Yeah, Mackay Becton. Yeah, yeah he's, I'm not sure if he's the one. If he's available, I'm not sure if I should pick him. Do you think that he got that, you know, I don't know, he might be a bust. I'm not sure. You know, I just, he he's, He's not. I'm not so on him. Like Makai Becton, he's he's big. He's you know he's huge, and but I, I I'm just not so on him. You know, like I definitely think when it comes to ranking the four offensive tackles that the Bucks are going to have eyes on, I think for me personally, Becton is towards the bottom part of that list. Um, I like guys like Tristan Wirfs better. Andrew Thomas is a name that I like better as well. So I think Becton yeah. kind of falls in the lower half of that. I'll agree with you there, but I still think he'd be a solid choice at 14. If he was the last one on the board and the Bucks went with Becton and let's say Kinlaw wasn't available, I wouldn't be upset about it. Yeah. 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 So how, how would you oh, feel? Man. How would you feel about if they drafted a guy like Javon Kinlaw at 14? I'm happy. I'm happy. I love Javon Kinlaw or Derek Brown. Um, both. Mm. Uh, I love them both, but I don't want them. I don't want Kinlaw or Brown slip to like Atlanta. Oh man, I, I'm gonna be so pissed. But <laughs> Kinlaw or Brown slip to Atlanta and they turn out to be, you know, I know they're both not like Aaron Donald. You know, Jawan Kinlaw, he kind of like more like a pass rushing defensive tackle, not mm-hmm. kinda like a run stopping. So yep. he got that, you know, Aaron Donald. Like, he's not Aaron Donald, but, you know, you get a point. And I, I just don't want him to slip to, you know, Atlanta or whatever team in our division. Like, definitely, Atlanta, definitely don't want to play I, him I towards the year. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me? What did you say? What did you say? They definitely, yeah, definitely don't want to play him twice a year in Atlanta. That that would be uh, bad news yeah. for, for the Buccaneers. Um, so, I mean, I another name. Another name that I was thinking of was, you know, I've liked uh, Caleb Von Chason, the outside linebacker from LSU, who can also, like, rush to pass for a good bit. So, like, if, if you're, if, you know, what would you rather? Would you rather the, the outside rusher or, or the inside guy like, like Kinlaw? I'd probably go, hmm, this is what I want. I'd probably go inside because I feel like um, Shaquille Barrett and JPP is good enough, but, you know, I I I feel like Shaquille and JPP is is good enough. I I think they're both good enough with two in the middle, and I just want to plug in like a Derek Brown or Juwan Kinlaw. Just just get at that inside. I I just want to improve our like um, you know interior alignment. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I I just Chase on. He's he's great. Don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> I don't know. I how do you feel about uh, Claymon Chason? Uh, is that his name? Like uh, Chason? Okay. How do you feel about it? Like, is he? Are you mad if we pick him fourteen? Are you upset? Or wait, what's your thought? 
I'm I'm personally not. I don't know how Rhett feels, but I, I'm personally, you know, it all depends on who's on the board. Like if they if they pass on him for an offensive lineman, probably wouldn't be too happy. But if all the offensive linemen are gone, I'm perfectly fine with Chase on um, Rhett. How do you feel about it? No, I like Chase on. We did uh, we actually did a live stream a little while ago with some mock drafts that we did, and Chase on was one of my first round picks on one of the drafts that I did. I really don't have a problem with the guy. At the end of the day, what I think the Bucks should do with the first round pick. I like an offensive lineman, an offensive tackle in particular, more than anything else. I like one of the big four if we can land those guys. If not, keep it in the trenches. Go defensive line. I really don't care if it's interior or an edge rusher like a guy uh, you, you just brought up, Caleb on Chase on out of LSU. Um, I would prefer maybe an interior defensive lineman in that sense just because we only saw – we only signed Sue to another one-year deal, so we don't know for sure if he's going to be here beyond next year. He's getting a little bit up there in age. So I think if you put in some youth in the middle of the line, you got Vita Vea, who's still on contract for two more years at that point, and then I feel like he's going to be the best he's ever been by the end of next season. So to have a young guy next to him who can play, I think it would be great. So I would go interior defensive line, but at the end of the day, first round, keep it in the trenches. That's all we need. What about um? All right, uh, probably, this is probably the last thing. Um, I'm not gonna go a lot on this one. Um, but the second round of four to fifth pick. Um, we're gonna go running back, right? Just tell me if if we take like an interior lineman or offensive line, we have to go running back second round, right? I, you know, I wanted to think for a long time the Bucks wouldn't wait, or the Bucks would wait until the third round to get a running back, but I think as time goes by, guy stock changes, and of course the market for you know that running back class is going to change as well. So honestly, I don't know. Evan, what do you think, man? Because like I said, I, I thought they were going to wait until the third round, but it seems like waiting until the third round for a good quality running back is less and less likely as time goes by. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a stacked running back class, and just like you said, you know, you thought maybe – You'd be able to get a good guy, you know, like a Cam Makers in the third round, but now it's looking like he's probably a second round guy. So I think in their best interest, um, a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 45 is uh, pretty smart. Maybe if a guy like J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State's there. Um, I mean, there's even the chance that DeAndre Swift could fall. And if he does, I would pick him. I, I think he's a heck of a player. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that if, if they go offensive line in, in the first round, I do think that running back becomes the next uh, priority. However, if they go anything other than offensive line in the first round, I think you got to draft an offensive lineman in the second round. I, I don't think you can wait until the third round to draft one. Offensive line in the second round? I don't. If, if, if you don't draft one in the first round, I just don't think you can wait. So if we draft defensive interior linemen in the first round we draft offensive linemen on the second round so third round we have to draft a running back i think at that point that would be like the next best natural option for them because i i mean i I still think there's going to be some solid backs floating around the third round but just not anybody that we would have been looking at right now um at least some of the big names that you bring up like a deandre swift like a cam Akers, like a clyde edwards hilaire who i doubt is going to make it past the second round you know so names like that yeah. won't be available but i still think there would be some solid backs but um but yeah if they go trenches first and second round and third round almost has to be a running back by default yeah 
if you're going to get any sort of help in that running back room this offseason? You know, just like all the running backs you just mentioned, like Jonathan Taylor, Edward Solaire, and Cam Akers, they are, like, the best one. But going down the line, I, I, I don't know. Like, you know, Benjamin, Zach Moss, Antonio Gibson, Anthony McFarlane, LaMichael Perrine. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, um, I think Jonathan Taylor, Edward Solaire, and Cam Akers, I'm looking um, Edward Zillair and Cam Aker the most. I like them both. But, um, you know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady loved that receiving back. He loved it. He he made a career out of it. Like, Edward Zillair, you know James White um, in New England, right? Yep. There, he's, he's like that small type guy, not, not big, and just receiving off the back. And I think... It, Edward Zillaire or Cam Aker, they're going to be a great fit. Like, I, I agree 100%. I, I love Edward Zillaire, man. He's a hard-working guy and, in LSU. And I, if you, I watch a lot of his tape, or, or I watch a lot of his game. And, you know, he got a lot of um, national games. Um, and I really like him. He's a, I just like Edward Zillaire a lot. Um, I know he's not going to get past um, second round, so... We have to rethink about it, or I, I just I just don't know. Yeah, I I do think they they have interest in him. I, I do think they like him, and if if he's available at forty five and they feel comfortable with it, I mean, why not? I mean, I do agree with you. Do you, you guys know, feel comfortable with it? I yeah. do. I, I mean, I I would feel comfortable. But I, I'm a big uh, Edward Tolera fan, and like I like you said, I think he can. He can do all the things that a Tom Brady running back has to do, you know, catch the ball, block a little bit, and then he still runs hard. Um, I mean, I think he, he's a great player, and he reminds me a lot of Brian Westbrook back in the day. Um, not only really back oh, in, yeah. like, 10 years ago, but, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I definitely think if he's available at 45, it, it would be a, a fine pick, in my opinion. Um. All right, so uh, one last thing, okay? This is the last thing, I promise. Um, I'll, you guys go, I'll, I'll go. Um, so um, Jason Light, um, this morning, he talked about uh, the wide receiver three, um, said that, um, is it this morning or earlier? Like yesterday? It, it was, but, yeah, it know. was earlier so, today. Okay, so um, Jason Light talking about he's not going to go get, you know, wide receiver three in free agency. He's probably looking for the draft. Um, wide receiver in the draft, maybe we – we can pick them later, like in the draft, like a fourth, fifth, or a sixth round, because um, the wide receiver is stacked, man. Like this wide receiver class, I have never seen anything like it. Like a lot mm-hmm. of wide receivers, they're really, really good. Like even though if you go down, um, the uh, so I there's a lot of um, wide receiver I like. Um, I said wide receiver three. I know. Um, Scotty Miller and uh, Watson, uh, they're both great, but I just want another one, at least one. Or, or uh, If they're not picking any wide receiver, I'm not going to be mad about it. I, I believe um, Scotty Miller um, should be a great wide receiver three, but um, I just want another one. Like Because this, we need to get one wide receiver out of this class because they are stacked. Because yeah. we don't know which one's going to be, you know, going to turn out to be you know, a great uh, wide receiver. So um, I, I, I got to – I like um, K.J. Hill from Ohio State. Um, 
Devin Duvernay from Texas or James Prochet from SMU, um, Lynn Bowden from Kentucky. I think these these guys, they, we can pick them around like fourth, fifth, or sixth round. And they, they're both uh, great. I like all of them. Um, what do you guys think? What What's your, um, you know, late round receiver that you want if um, we have to draft one? Yeah. Well, man. I, I um, Mike. Sorry. You want to go right? Go, no, no, yeah, good, good. We, uh, we had actually covered this topic a little bit earlier in the show, but we'll run it through really quick. Oh, I definitely uh, like the idea of the Buccaneers spending a later round draft pick on a wide receiver. I think there's plenty of talent out there. Um, one guy that I like in particular, and solely for the reason because he is Michael Pittman Jr., uh, but that is Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. It would be really cool to have a second generation uh, guy on the team. Um, but, I mean, I definitely see the Buccaneers addressing wide receiver three through the draft. Evan brought up a great point earlier, and it's that I think Scotty Miller can do good things, but I just don't know how ready he is to be that wide receiver three just yet. So I think if they do make a change at that position, it's going to be through the draft. Evan, if you want to pick up right there, my man. Yeah, so um, the names that you mentioned uh, were names I mentioned earlier. I, I like you know James Prochet and K.J. Hill and you know all those guys. But the um, name I'm looking at is Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. I, I think he could be you know in the fourth round or so. He's got a great build. Uh, he's a good route runner. I, I almost, you know, he's have a, has a very similar build to a guy like Chris Godwin. So I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be like Chris Godwin, but I just, I really like him. And I think in any other year, other than this stack wide receiver class, I think he's a early third round pick. So, I mean, getting that guy in the mid fourth round, I think would be a very good selection. And I, I do think they pick a receiver. So I know you said, you know, you wouldn't be angry. Uh, if they didn't, but you just want one more, I think you're most likely going to be pretty happy that they're they're going to be they're going to be picking a wide receiver. And I think Jason Light's comments today almost confirms that. I mean, him saying that they're going to look for a wide receiver in a draft most likely means that at some point they're going to draft one. I, I'm not sure. You know, I would say the earliest is probably the third round. Um, God, I still I think that's not. unlikely. I think it's unlikely, but. Um, I mean, who knows? But I, I do think that either the fourth round, they, they have two fourth-round picks, or the fifth round, I think that's a sweet spot. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming yeah, in, my I, man. We really do appreciate you. Thank you. Man, I, man, I love talking to you guys. I um, uh, hope you guys have a great day, um, Rath and Evan. Um, see you guys later, man. Go Bucks. Hey, thank you, hey, brother. Thanks, man. Go Bucks and stay safe out there. He's calling it from California. You know, I mean, it is just a highly – densely populated area out there so definitely stay safe wash your damn hands but california new york texas florida you know all the all the big places but especially you know like new york and california because those are like i guess like if you're coming like to like america you know the two places you want to go probably the most two populated you know places right now are probably new york city and you know like i'm talking like florida's so big to where like i feel like there's not many like there's not a Times Square in Florida, you know. Um, there's not a there's not a Beverly Hills in in Florida. Oh no, you're definitely right. There isn't but like I, a big. So that's why, though. like, I think like you know New York and California, those are the two that like man. <laughs> the only thing you gotta worry about in Florida is the people that are on like spring break right now. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a crazy time, but folks, remember to wash your hands. And before we wrap up and get out of here, 
Just wanted to give a quick shout out to our listening base out in California. Um, I had just noticed this recently. We have a huge chunk of listeners out in California on the West Coast, and I think it is awesome. We have got some great friends out there. Like our buddy Gil, um, who just recently had a baby. Congratulations to him and his wife. That is Congrats. fantastic. But, yeah, we've got a lot of great people out in California. The Buccaneers have a huge fan base out there, and we are so glad to have those guys support the show on the West Coast. So thank you so much. And uh, that's, that's one of my that, that's one of my to do lists. I always want to go to California to, oh, just yeah. once. But but before before I check out, you know, hopefully this coronavirus doesn't wipe out the entire population. Yeah. Before I check out, I want to go to California <laughs> just, just 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 once. You know, just I, I've never like I said, I've been to Florida, I've been to New York. Don't really want to go to Texas. Like I have no desire to go to Texas. Um, but I I, I want to go to California. I want to go to L.A. like once. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, like San Diego, San Francisco, see the Golden Gate Bridge, like all that stuff. So. Hell yeah, man. It'd definitely be an experience. Right now, the motto is if you wash your hands and you stay home, then anything can happen. The possibilities are endless. And, and folks, you, you watching the show, make sure you do the same thing. Wash your damn hands. Clean up after yourself. Stay six feet away from mm-hmm. people, even if you really love them. And just stay home. It's not worth anything that you could be potentially missing out in public there was actually a story today of a pastor in tampa this was at a big mega church in seffner i believe i could be wrong i I heard of this yeah Yeah, so he decided to have a whole church service yesterday with 500 people i believe just packed into this small area and the only reason the police did not raid the building is because he had armed guards blocking the entrances. So for the power of religion, whatever the hell you believe in, it is not powerful enough to stop you from staying home. Folks, you can worship from home. You can do what you need to do. Just stay safe. You know, it it really is not worth it. If we want a football season at all, everybody's going to have to do their part in flattening the curve of this COVID-19. So make sure you guys just do your part, stay home, wash your hands, and listen to the Cannon Fire podcast. It's as simple as that. Of of course. Like, is there any other suggestions? I mean, Tiger King, Cannon Fire podcast. Boom, boom. Have them playing at the same time. Have them playing at the same time. We're going to take one more phone call out of the 781 before we wrap up and get out of here. Cannon Fire Podcast, what's your name? Where are you calling in from? Uh, Pat, I'm a little south of Boston. Pat from a little south of Boston. How are you doing, my man? Oh, look at that. Final phone call, and we lost him because Skype crashed. Pat, little south of Boston, I apologize, my friend. It is nothing that you did in particular, and it's nothing. I didn't do it on purpose. I swear to you, Skype just crashed. I lost Evan as well. So I think that is a great sign to go ahead and wrap up the show while we are ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for watching live and calling us on the Cannon Fire Hotline over on our YouTube page. And if you're not already subscribed, make sure you do that. It is the number one way to take in CFP content. We've got the video set up for you, the live chat box, all of the bells and whistles that you simply cannot get through the audio version of the show. But if you're interested in listening to us anywhere, we are available anywhere that you can download a podcast. So make sure you check that out as well. Great for listening in the radio when you're driving not to work because you should be staying home. 
Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. And you can follow my co-host Evan on Twitter at EvanNFL. And, of course, Instagram at BucksWave, the number one Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. Make sure you go check them out. 22,000 followers and growing every single day. Last but not least, a quick shout-out to our sponsors over at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. These guys have been the premier experience in branding, in printing, anything you need to put an image to your business. They're going to make sure they get it done in the most professional way possible, and they've been doing it since 2001. For almost 20 years, RJ and his experienced staff have been helping businesses brand themselves to stand out better than anybody else in the Tampa Bay area. And it's also a very important time to support your local small businesses. Pinecrest Printing is still open Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. These guys are looking for work, and they're going to do it in the cleanest and most professional way possible. They'll hook you up with business cards, apparel, stickers, vehicle wraps, signage, anything and everything you need. They're going to make sure they take care of it. Give them a call at 813-684-5444. Or check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in live. Stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll talk to you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.